for ABC News in New York City at Comic-Con 2011. I'm Dan Patterson, joined by author, creator, and filmmaker Greg Pack. Greg, thanks for taking your time to speak with us today. Thanks so much. I'm thrilled to be here. So, comic books, the comic book industry, and tens of thousands of people here gathered <laughs> on the west side of, of Manhattan uh, for what is not the largest convention in the industry, but but certainly one of the largest of the industry. First, be, before we talk about, I'd like to, to talk about digital comics and and the transition that that the social web has played or helped play in the industry. Before we get there, let's talk about you and your background as a not just a comic book creator, but an artist and a content creator. So so tell us a little bit about. Where you come from and how you got here? Well, I grew up. Uh, I grew up in Dallas as a kid who uh, whose mom gave him paper and crayons rather than coloring books. And uh, uh, I, I mean, drawing was something that I always did with my dad. And I, 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 I guess I gravitated towards storytelling and drawing. And I mean, I was I was writing short stories when I was a kid. I thought, and then at a certain point, I I mean, I in college I studied. Um, Politics, and I thought I was going to go into politics, but then I had a chance to um, go to Oxford and study history, ostensibly to be a better politician. But I ended up to get involved with a student filmmaking group, and uh, all the lights went on. This is what I needed to be doing. I went to NYU for film and made uh, a bunch of short films and a movie called Robot Stories, and then eventually got into comics. So it's this very roundabout way. I mean, in a way, comics is sort of where my artistic endeavors first began. Um, you know, what I mean, like I was. I recently was home and found a, uh, a comic book that I wrote, that I drew when I was seven years old or five years old or something about a dragon that went electric. So it had a, an opening and a middle act, but it, it, it didn't have a third act. So I'm very curious to see how that would have ended. But um, but yeah, I mean, it was it, like that storytelling through pictures is just that a very primal thing, and I'm very excited to be you know doing it as a pro now. I'm just a writer. I don't draw professionally. I doodle on the side, but um, but it's a thrill. So you currently are, and a little disclosure here, you're, you're currently uh, under a contract with Marvel Comics, mm-hmm. who is uh, a subsidiary of my parent company, ABC <laughs> News, is also owned by, by uh, uh, the Walt Disney Company. Uh, how did you, you uh, and there are tiers in the comic book industry, just like every industry, how did you make it to the premier comic book brand and publisher. Yeah, it's a very kind of strange thing in that, um, I mean, I come out of independent film. I made Robot Stories in it as an independent movie, and I you know, came up through the film festivals and and, uh, and community groups that supported you know, film and Asian American film, which is uh, th- that was just an amazing support group there, but it was all independent. And then um, when I came into comics, yeah, I mean, I, my agent found out that Marvel was looking for writers, and um, she said, would you be interested? And I was like, would I be interested? I ended up having meetings with them and then eventually started writing comics. And uh, without kind of even realizing it, you know, at a certain point I did kind of like look around and it was like, whoa, that would be the equivalent of, you know, starting off making movies for Spielberg or something. You know what I mean? Which is, uh, uh, so the bizarre thing about it, or the very nice thing about it, is that there was zero creative clash. You know, I mean, going from independent film to doing comics, it's all, like, it was all the same kinds of... uh, creative discussions about like what do these characters want what's the best way to tell the story dramatically what's the uh, you know trying just trying to get to the heart of a story what's the emotional what's the emotional core of this story and um, and that's exactly the kind of things that writers and artists love to talk about so it, it was I mean I it was a great match and I've loved working at Marvel do you find 
more or less or equivalent freedoms between the film industry and the comic book industry? Well, I've done most of my work. I mean, it's it, it feels very equivalent to me just because of you know the the folks I've been working for and working with. I I mean I I haven't yet done uh, any big movies. You know what I'm saying? So like the I mean I've, I've written uh, I, you know I directed Robot Stories. I've written some other screenplays for independent films. Um, so I haven't had that giant studio experience on that front. Um, so I, I don't I don't have that as a basis of comparison. But you know I you know fundamentally when you get people who are trying to tell stories in a room. Um, yes, I mean, you're taking into account, you know, there, there are always certain commercial things that have to be taken into account. I mean, even in independent film these days, let's be honest, you know what I'm saying? Um, but, but when, uh, you know, I mean, I think people who care about stories are the people who are trying to make these, these things happen. So, you know, if you're lucky enough to get with folks who, who click, that's exactly the way you're working. I mean, right now I'm working on this book called Dead Man's Run. And uh, Gail Ann Hurd, who is the legendary producer of Aliens and, and now the Walking Dead show, is uh, is the uh, it, it, this company. This book is being done in conjunction with her company Valhalla, and so I've been lucky enough to be able to sit down, you know, several times, you know, frequently with with Gail Ann Hurd and with Ben Roberts and her company and and other folks and. And all these conversations are all about exactly this kind of... It's, it's about the characters. It's about the emotional point of the story and the world that we're trying to create. So the comic industry, uh, a fundamentally creative industry and a product-driven industry, like all product-driven industries, is being disrupted right now uh, by the social web and, and the, the distribution mechanics of the Internet. In what ways have you seen the comic industry change over the last decade? Well, in the last... I think... I think the industry probably was, and I'm, I'm saying this just purely for my own opinion, you know, not as a representative of any sure. company and all that, but I think the, I, I, my feeling is that the industry was kind of holding its breath until the iPad came out, you know, because the iPad is the first sort of digital device that could deliver comics as comics, you know what I mean, that, that could kind of deliver an experience that really felt like reading a comic book. Um, uh, you know, reading comics on a very small screen, it's totally doable, and there are tons of people who have, are doing that and they're very happy with it. And companies like Comixology have found great ways to lead you through that panel by panel, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's a very sort of effortless experience. But there's, there's a way in which comic book pages are designed not just panel by panel, but with the whole page in mind. And there's a whole aesthetic experience to be able to look at the whole page. And, and, um, and the iPad finally delivered on that. So, fantastic. And now the question is how to how to sell comics through the iPad while at the same time supporting the local stores, which are the backbone of the industry. Um, and that's, and that's, that's what the industry is working through right now. Yeah, I think that's one of the things, you know, as, as a mechanical object uh, and a retail object, uh, there is a huge transition occurring. You know, those local stores, those hobbyist stores, are, are struggling right now, particularly in, in this economy. But as you can see, and we're surrounded by tens of thousands of what would traditionally be called geeks. Yep. These are people who love, they have a passion for the object, for the art, and for the culture that, that, that is around it. Have you seen that culture change over the last decade? I, well, I mean, I've only been writing comics professionally for six or seven years now, so I, I can't speak for the whole decade. But, um, I, I mean, to me, I, I think that the, 
the passion is the same. I mean, when I first came to this con, the New York Comic Con, which was, what, six years ago? That was their first con, I think, five or six years ago? It was insane. It was just as insane as it is now. I mean, they had it in a much smaller chunk of the Javits Center, and um, it was packed to the gills. They outlawed hand trucks and backpacks <laughs> because it was too crowded for them. Um, and just, you know, the excitement was there. They, they, and, um, and that has just continued and, and gotten even bigger over the years. So um, I think that fan fervor is there. I think it's being fed also by the internet. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and uh, I think those things certainly help. Um, the, uh, the challenge, as always, is to, you know, see if we can get some of the... Because I think a lot of people show up at the Comic-Con because it's spectacle and it's fun. And, and, uh, but not everybody who's here is necessarily buying comic books. So the challenge always becomes to see if we can, you know, build new readers through uh, through folks coming here. The, and I and I think that's happening more and more. I mean, you, you're seeing a lot of um, the the comic book companies are very conscious of of trying to make it easy for new readers to jump on board. I remember being a kid and not knowing where to start with the X-Men. And this was, you know, back in the 80s. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, the X-Men, they're amazing. But, but I, I just couldn't even figure out how to enter the storylines. Now there's always, like every, you know, there, there's constantly new, easy to jump on board storylines. Um, and, uh, and hopefully we're getting better at communicating that. I mean, and and you will this November be be writing the X Men, the exactly, astonishing yeah. X Men. Yeah. So so tell us not just about the future of the comic book industry, but but the future of your place in the comic book industry, <laughs> which is what really you, the important. Thing, that's what's most important, right? <laughs> um, no, I, I appreciate it. The uh, uh, yeah, in November I'm starting two new books. I'm starting Dead Man's Run, which is the book we were just talking about, which is the book for Aspen, and it's a jailbreak from hell, literally. This is the book being done in conjunction with Gail Ann Hurd, and it's a crazy supernatural action thriller um, of a guy trying to uh, save the only innocent in hell, uh, which is his sister. So do not miss it. Dead Man's Run. Ask your retailer. Starts in November. Um, and then also in November, I'm starting uh, a run on Astonishing X-Men, which was the book that Joss Whedon and John Cassidy started uh, a number of years back. And it's been this dream book for me for years, so I'm thrilled to be actually on it now. Um, I wrote a book called X-Men Phoenix Endsong a few years back, which was one of my first big books in comics. And it kind of tied into the whole Astonishing X-Men characters and, 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 and vibe. So it's nice to be on the book proper. If you, uh, if you, so the, the, my issue starts with uh, issue number, my run starts with issue number 44. Um, the cover has Cyclops and Storm kissing. What's going on there? Um, you got to pick it up to find out. It's a great, again, this is one of those great starting points. Um, and uh, like all great X-Men stories, it's a, uh, it's tons of action plus really great soap opera. It's, it's, uh, it, there's, there's, I think the X-Men is um, I was talking to my editor about this and the X-Men is, I, I love so many of these characters but the X-Men books are special in that more than any other book they can like work a tear out of the corner of my eye I mean from when I was a kid there were always these books that had these great interpersonal relationships and romances and, and twisted relationships and, and, uh, and great emotional payoffs so I'm hoping we're, we'll, we'll play in that tradition but Storm and Cyclops kissing? What's going on? Craig Pack <laughs> author for independently produced comic books as well as Marvel. Thanks much for joining us today. Thanks so much.